Hey everyone, welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I'm your host, Mind Body Green Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. So today we are going to talk about makeup. Specifically, we're going to talk about our relationship with it, the ways that makeup trends have changed, and some of our favorite recommendations. So makeup is certainly something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. On the one hand, I've really enjoyed not feeling so much pressure to wear makeup daily. But you know, on the other, Zoom dysmorphia and social media dysmorphia is a real thing. And you know, I wonder if I've started to notice things about my face and my skin that I otherwise wouldn't have. And finally, now that I feel safer going out to see friends and attending events, I've really fallen back in love with a good cat eye or a bold lip. I also can't help to think about my friends and family. There's so many of them who really tried to use this past year as an opportunity to clean up their beauty routines and makeup bags. And there are those that have tried editing down their routine for a more sustainable and minimalistic lifestyle. I wonder if they'll stick to their more clean and natural makeup choices now when people have started going back to quote unquote normal life. And while I rarely talk about or even care about makeup trends personally, I'm also just so curious to see what sort of aesthetics emerge as as so many of us start to feel more optimistic and joyful again. So today I'm bringing on celebrity makeup artist Katie Denno. She is absolutely beloved in this industry for focusing on natural and clean products. You have probably seen her work on Instagram, on various other social media channels, on YouTube, through her work with various retailers like Credo, and you've probably seen her work on some of your favorite celebrities. So Katie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you. Before we dive in, I want to hear your story. You know, I obviously know a little bit of it, but I want our listeners to be able to know a little bit more about you, how you got into makeup, how you got into clean beauty. Yeah. Tell us your journey. Definitely. Well, I have to first start by saying I've been a reader of My Body Green for forever. And so, so stoked. So my story begins. I've been doing makeup for almost 15 years and I had about a 10 year long career prior to doing makeup in which I was a social worker. And I worked with predominantly with women in difficult situations, leaving abusive relationships, you know, a whole host of situations that people can be in when they need help. And I found early on that one of the easiest ways to connect with someone during, like, let's say they were entering the, the shelter that was housing them during when they were fleeing an abuser was to say, okay, your immediate needs are what? We have to go to court tomorrow what can I get you to care for your skin tonight? What color lipstick makes you feel the most like yourself? You know, that kind of thing. Okay, you need, you want to co- you want to color on your nails because it's going to make you feel empowered. Let's find you a nail polish. So it was like, I had that really strongly um, embedded in me from that part of my life, that career, that I, that knowledge of that this could be a, good, a great way to connect with people. And also that it's, it can be really empowering to have a lipstick in your purse. And the psychology, yeah, the psychology behind that was always very interesting to me because even as a a kid myself, the first time I was allowed to put mascara on, I was like, I look like everyone else. I have blonde red eyelashes, but suddenly I was like, oh, I have that same cool lat in a lash that my girlfriend, you know, has. I, I had didn't never saw myself like that before. Anyway, so and then I also worked 
with folks who were HIV and AIDS defined, HIV infected and AIDS defined. And, and during that time, I worked with folks to raise money and we did fashion shows and for to raise money for the clinics and part of the fashion shows were me watching some of my clients my patients get into drag and it was amazing to watch this transformation so anyway so that was my history then i get fast forward i sit at a dinner party and ask someone who sees me doodling on a napkin while living in new york and says hey you should come and assist me uh, you like to draw come and assist me as a makeup artist and I was like I don't know anything about makeup artistry is it like when you go into Sephora and they try to throw a million products and perfumes on you she said it's nothing like that you should try it so I called in sick and I went and assisted her and I thought this is the most incredible I cannot believe how fun this is and you guys get free lunch and you and I was talking with the main makeup artist about going on trips and he was like would you be willing to swim with my my suitcase of all my lipsticks and, and mascaras to from one island to the another, you know, and I was like, this is what your life is. Rather than the, you know, the existence I had been living, taking three buses and a train to get to the Bronx and, you know, five in the morning, I was like, I think this is something that I could do. So anyway, so I did that, but I came into it at 31 years old. So I wasn't, you know, I was like very headstrong and knew, knew how to, how to get somewhere in a way that I think I wouldn't have at 20. <clears throat> and I came into it knowing a lot more about health because of my social work background and working in hospitals. And so I was that person on fashion shows, you know, behind the stage, looking at the back of products and asking other people like, did you see on this back of this pal this palette of many colors that we all carry that it says, don't use certain colors next to the eyes or on the lips? Like, how is that possible? It's a makeup artist palette. And so I just started diving deep into ingredients and it was not something that people were talking about and I was kind of the weirdo and and some people were interested and others were like who cares stop it you know we don't want to be thinking the negative the potential for you know any harm and at the same time one of my best girlfriends was diagnosed with a, a form of cancer at in her early 30s and while laying around on the couch after a chemo treatment one day I said what can I do for you and she said I don't know, like, do you know what products I should be using that will be more safe for me? And I think that a few days later, I went into my agent's office and she said, listen, there's this thing coming and it's called Twitter. And people are doing this thing called, called blogs, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and you need to figure out what your, what your niche is in this industry or, you know, like, where are you going? And it all kind of came together. And I always, this is like, this, it, she must be tired of hearing me say this, but Catherine Piercy, who's was at the time an editor at Vogue, picked up my story of me launching my blog and ran, I think it was like a 10 page piece on it. And, and that was like the beginning of my career. <laughs> you know, even though I'd already been working, that was the beginning of my career as the green beauty makeup artist. Cause I, I started this blog to talk only about clean beauty products. And at the time the industry was teeny. Yeah, sorry, that was a very long answer. Well, it's a great answer. So this last year, it's really affected us in a lot of strange ways, I know, big and small. But but one way for beauty fans that I know that it's really affected us is makeup and our relationship with makeup. Because, you know, I, somebody who has traditionally defaulted to a less is more look, but, you know, this year it's really taken to an extreme. I do miss the lipsticks. I miss going out. I miss getting ready. 
How have you experienced your relationship with makeup changing and how how do people explain it to you? What are you hearing from other women? Great question. Yeah, COVID, this quarantine time has been a real life-shifting time for a lot of, a lot of people for so many reasons, but in for me in my career and my relationship with makeup, it's definitely shifted. For the past, I don't know, 15 years I've worn less makeup than I'd ever worn prior. I used to be I entered this industry wearing thick black Amy Winehouse cat eyes, red sure. lips. I dyed my hair black. Like I was very into a look and um, which I gradually decreased a lot of that over time. And, and pre COVID for the past couple of years, I was hard pressed to paint my nails or put on a highlighter or anything. I was a mascara and maybe a little blush and go person. And because I was very, I was very infrequently in front of the camera as opposed to what I've kind of pushed myself to do during quarantine, which is be in front of the camera all the time yeah. and re- recording how to's all the time. I, there's been a, a real big shift for me with my relationship with makeup. So I like makeup a lot more on myself now. I really enjoy. Interesting. The, yeah. Before I was like, yeah, I don't really have a face for makeup, which is weird for a makeup artist to have thought that. But I think a lot of pro makeup artists, most of my friends who are in the industry, women, in particular, don't wear much makeup at all. Most makeup artists on set are like the least made up people. And I always thought, is it like when I was a kid and I wanted to work at the chocolate shop and everyone was like, you won't be eating chocolate much. If you work there, you'll get sick of it. And I always thought, well, maybe that's it. Or is it that we we regard makeup as more of a, a confidence builder, a mask of sorts, because we add it to our clients Lot, you know, to their faces and and change their their energy in doing so, put them in a state where they're able to face whatever red carpet, you know, craziness is going to happen or on screen or whatever in front of the, the flashing lights of a photographer on a, you know, photo studio shoot where they have to be half naked and like draped over something. Like makeup really is your armor in a lot of ways in that sense. So <clears throat> I never felt like I needed that armor. So a little mascara was it. And and now I regard makeup for myself. And also I think it's changed how I look at it with clients differently as a chance to have a lot of fun. And a lot, I think I credit a lot of the newer, younger makeup artists and social media influencer makeup artists who just showcase the most fun, outlandish, creative looks on their face. And I also credit a lot of the makeup lines for coming out with products that didn't exist, <clears throat> excuse me, 10 years ago, color ways wise, texture wise, long, you know, look, longevity of wear wise. So there's just like this convergence of, of everything I needed to push me into this new place. And, and with, in re- regards to your question about others, I feel like, I mean, I used to get the questions all the time. Like, can you give me a five minute makeover kind of look, you know, I'm, I only have five minutes for skincare at night or in the morning. I only have two minutes, maybe even in my car to put makeup on. So if I had anyone from an actress, a model, a, a regular person reaching out to me on social media, that would be pretty much what the answers are. How do you make me look most awake? And of course now it's, yeah, it's how do I deal with either the acne or perioral dermatitis that's going on underneath my mask, or how do I keep makeup on under my mask? Yeah. How do I, how do I accentuate my eyes? I never really paid attention to my eyebrows before. How do I do my eyebrows? I don't go to get my new, my lashes put on. So how do I, you know, what kind of mascara should I use? It's, it's a really different life with makeup for most people. And then of course entered Zoom 
And that changes everything. It really does. It changes everything. I, I, my dad early on during quarantine reached out to me and he said, this is my, I can't remember what it might've been his 50th high school reunion, maybe even more. And he said, and he's in charge of, of it. And he said, I need to put together some tips for how people should look on zoom because everybody's like, I don't want to have a reunion on zoom. I hate how I look on zoom. Let's take a moment to talk about Zoom and social media dysmorphia. Research is starting to show serious implications emerging from, well, staring at your face all day. Huh. A peer-reviewed article in the journal Facial Plastic Surgery and Aesthetic Medicine proposes that we are becoming hypercritical of our appearances, specifically during this time. And we've even seen a spike in interest in face-altering treatments. So why do we feel like we look so different on screen than we do in real life? Well, again, research shows that images captured with shorter focal lengths, you know, like the ones on video calls, can make faces look more rounded and with facial traits closer to the camera being perceived as larger. So you actually don't look the way you do in real life. So he was like, I'm tapping you to make a YouTube video that I can send out. And that began my YouTube videos for how to look your best on Zoom. And I started thinking like, actually, I've been training for this my whole life because this is basically what I prep my clients for, how to look right your best on a flat, one-dimensional, maybe even poorly lit screen. So I I feel like everyone became more self-conscious, more self-aware, more aware of how their face moves when they talk. I think, you know, this plastic surgeons, dermatologists, people who do injections became a lot more sought after. I've gotten lots of requests for- Yeah, you know, I mean, um, they're showing that there's a spike in people getting fillers or reaching out to plastic surgeons. It's something yeah. else. It is. It's almost like we are all put in the position of celebrity because- mm-hmm. We all have to look at our image. And that's something that most people, you know, in passing when they run by the mirror or in the rearview mirror or whatever, or a photograph would do periodically. But we're not supposed to look at our faces this much. You know what? I believe that. I thoroughly believe that. I always said, as soon as I'm done with this industry, I'm retiring to a farm and I will have no mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> I I, mean, I love that. I don't have a full body mirror in my apartment. And I'm, I'm going to keep great. it that way, I think. Uh, this skips ahead to something that I want to talk about, but it really, it really resonates with with me right now, and I think a lot of people after coming a long year in front of in front of Zoom, in front of a camera. T- to your point, it it's really changed the way that we think about ourselves, and it's changed the way that we think about the, the look. And you know, I sometimes look at myself in the Zoom call, and I'm like, I don't look like me. And that's strange. How do you tell people to deal with this? How do you deal with it? What What's happening right now with the people that you're talking with? I think this is where for me, it's. I was like, oh my gosh, my social work training, my one-on-one therapeutic intervention training really comes into play. And I, I feel like I've always known that, that that's part of what makeup artistry all makeup artists for the most part are in part therapists. And I think now because a lot of people are either not keeping therapy appointments, not having therapeutic interactions with friends, a little bit of what we have to do as far as like self-care is be our own therapist. And a lot of people are turning to the self-care act of skincare and clean beauty makeup 
as their form of therapy. And that has been, it's been amazing to witness. It's like the convergence of the things that I love the most, you know, then that I can talk about and people don't like roll their eyes or think like, oh, this is boring or weird. Everybody wants it and needs it now. A Zoom dysmorphia is a real thing. I think, it, I mean, the crux of it all is loving yourself regardless. So a lot of it has to do with figuring out how you can get there. Like, what is it about your your aesthetic or your visage that's looking back at you that you're not makes you not feel great? For some people, it's like a long-standing belief that they're, you know, like let me, let me talk about me, my nose. I as a child. I, my mom t- still tells the story that I would sit in the passenger seat and pull down the rear mirror and she says it in a sing-song voice. I hate my nose. I hate my ears. I hate my this. I hate my that. And she said that she used to say to me, you know, when you're 16, we will take you to a plastic surgeon. And if that's what you want to do, that's what we'll do because you hate how you look so much. And, and, and it kills me to think about that. Sure. The, all of the people that feel this way. And I know that, th- that being at home in the Zoom dysmorphia has brought up a lot of that for a lot of people who historically wouldn't be looking at themselves so much. And I think it's, it is a time to employ every self-care practice. And, and if for you, that means act, taking steps to change how you look, then, you know, permanently, then that's what, that is perhaps something to look into. But I think since this is a temporary time in our lives yeah. and, you know, the, thing that my mom always used to say is this too shall pass. The, like the beauty is this will pass and the, the act of having to sit in front of a camera will hopefully come to an end soon, at least in some, some careers and, and we'll get back to our regular lives and hopefully this will be a blip. But I do think that this has been a really neat time for makeup in general, because I think a lot of people disregarded makeup as something for someone else. You know, it's not for me. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to deal with it. And now I think the artistry and the, what I saw early on, the transform, like the crazy, amazing transformative power of makeup, not just aesthetically, but on a weird, serious, like psycho, um, psychosocial, but like a psychological level is real. And it, you know, I think redrawing, like for me also, I'm now I'm in menopause. I'm young to be in menopause, but it changed the way my face looked the perimenopause leading up to menopause. And so if I redraw my eyebrows a little bit higher, I look, mm-hmm. I look like my more youthful self. So it's, I think finding those little things, redrawing your lips in a shape that you like better for me, a little bit bigger on the top lip for someone else, maybe a little bit smaller on here because they don't like how they look in zoom. So it's really a time for exploration and a time for just like loving yourself as unconditionally as possible. Yeah. You know, I think that's, you made several good points, but one is just with the idea of like, do what you got to do to deal with this right now. So just, you know, if that means that you need to wear a little bit more blush than you normally would in your everyday life or do something with your brows, just experiment because like you said, this is temporary and we're just, we're trying to figure this out. Another interesting thing that I noticed, and I want to get your take on this. People really used makeup as a means of control. They were having fun with like a bold liner or, you know, they, they woke up every day and they put on their red lipstick because that's what they did in their normal life. And really having that moment with makeup. And I thought that was such a fascinating thing that people really 
clung on to their makeup bags because they were like, no, this is uh, something that I did in my normal life and Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep on doing this. Did you see that as well? Absolutely. Such a good point. Yeah. That that makeup bag and the act of setting aside time for even if it's just you know, a minute in the morning to swipe on whatever I think is very representative of real life and, and being back out in the world. And for sure people clung to it and, and still are, that hasn't gone away. I don't think, I think some folks have relaxed a bit and maybe what was once their bright, bold red lip has become a sheer, you know, lip uh, tinted lip balm or something just for every day. And especially underneath a mask, or it's become an indelible red lip. And that is their flag that they're flying of like, I'm fine. I'm totally well and fine. And, and it's, yeah, it's like the idea of that makeup is this confidence you carry in your purse, but if you're not leaving the house, it's confidence that you're showing everybody while it's, you know, wearing it on your face. Yeah. This is anecdotally, but a lot of my friends have started using more clean and natural makeup products during this time, just because, you know, they had defaulted to more traditional brands and then they thought, well, I might as well try it. You know, I've been meaning to, to experiment more in this space and this seems like a good time to play with new formulas, you know, new, new brands, new, new ingredients. But now that we are seeing a light at the end of this tunnel, you know, what advice do you have for people who want to keep keep using clean beauty products when they get back to their quote unquote normal lives? <laughs> yeah. Such a good question. And I love that even just anecdotally, you're seeing exactly what the market is is showing us is happening. And that is so much, such a huge spike across the world in interest in clean ingredients, more eco-friendly packaging. It's undeniable across all socioeconomic um, levels across all you know genders. Clean and sustainable beauty is certainly on the rise, and this we know to be true. According to industry reports during this time, clean beauty brands saw double-digit growth during COVID, while traditional beauty saw declines almost across the board. It's been it's like this world. This world has really had a, an awakening, and and I can't imagine that that is going to go away. And I think that it's converged at the most perfect time with money. That it like the the clean beauty industry. However, you want to define clean beauty for me, it's most. It's like it's more indie product, more indie brands with founders who are really invested in the creation of great formulas, good for bodies, good for the planet. So I feel like people have. Um, been paying attention more to, well, I think advertising, since advertising is less about like billboards and more people are looking at their screens, their personal screens that they've kind of curated because of what the, you know, what their interests are on social media or even at news, you curate what you're watching and in your purchases show you more things like that. So I feel like now we, the majority of people are seeing ads for clean beauty products, whether it's at, because Target just so happened to start sending you stuff because you purchased toilet paper at Target. But hey, they're also selling the Honest Company skincare. So you're going to get an ad for that. So I feel like even the people who have no interest, had no idea that clean beauty exists, when I would say green beauty, they're like, does that mean green eyeshadow? I, you know, completely <laughs> out of the realm of in their in their inner circle or in any way. I think it's really 
clean beauty is really infiltrated across the world at this point, across the, this country in particular, I'll, I'll speak to. But I think that there's no reason to turn back. And, and for people who have, you know, are still looking for their perfect foundation or their perfect lipstick, like the clean beauty industry is just like the mainstream industry. There are brands that are doing it really well and there are brands that are not doing it well. And it's all about reading reviews. It's all about looking at products that uh, I'm posting that other pro makeup artists are posting other people who are in the clean beauty space. Look up hashtag clean beauty on social media. You'll find tons of people doing it, YouTube videos. But just like, I think this is a really good time for people to experiment. Uh, you know, I said this early on, like if you haven't tried a clean beauty deodorant, sure, yeah, this is a good time because a lot of us we're staying at home. There are, of course, tons of people who are still out in the workforce. But I think a lot of those people came to Clean Beauty because they were like, okay, I'm going to be basically baking whatever it is that I've put on this portion of my face mm-hmm. under my mask into my skin. Yeah. And, you know, the, the idea that medication can be delivered transdermally through the skin is now very well known. You put a Nicorette patch on, you put a birth control patch on. We all know that what we put on our skin, of course, our skin is very wonderfully protective and waterproof. Otherwise you drown in the shower, you know, but, but it, it also absorbs, it absorbs and, and begins to hold on to many things. Some, you know, a lot of things just go right through us, but there are things that bioaccumulate. So I always felt like if you can do better for yourself and the planet, why not? Like, and now the clean beauty industry is freaking fantastic. And because, you know, the whole idea of capitalism and like you spend the more dollars that are being spent in uh, in an arena, the more uh, time and investment will come from the chemists in the labs to create better and more effective products. So it's like, there's no reason now I would never in a million years suggest like, oh, it's fine if you don't have a clean beauty skincare, you know, whatever um, moisturizer, just grab anything, you know, that's not clean beauty. Now I feel like there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason to. And we see every- market is so big. It's so big. And it's so interesting that like 75% of mainstream beauty brands now have a clean beauty you know, like a, a product mm-hmm. line that's, it's either actually clean beauty or they're jumping on the bandwagon and marketing as such. So it's, it's obvious that it's because there is an interest in the consumer, you know, demands what they want and mm-hmm. brands listen. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always tell people is, you know, the clean beauty makeup space is exploding one and two, it's only going to get bigger because as long as people still investing in it, then you're going to have these big beauty companies be like, well, you know what? We have to move into this space. The consumer is demanding it. So speaking of market, we'll go back to the COVID of it all. We did see the market change a little bit during this time. We saw less lipstick sales, a lot more blush, a lot Mm -hmm. more eye products, a lot of nail polish. Obviously, this makes sense when you think about masks. But I want to talk about how you saw and you, you know, were doing yourself, used these products in ways that, you know, brought you joy. You know, I would love to just see what you were seeing in trends with these mm-hmm. uh, specific products. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been so cool to see. And I actually just did a piece for Credo about beauty trends that have come mm-hmm. out. I think they just posted it on their blog and it's you know, it's all about like the fun, the fun of makeup is what I've seen. So I, I 
I think in large part, I can credit it to the show Euphoria, to their yeah. two makeup artists on the show, who just went like for the gusto with their, you know, colorful, weird to the average makeup wearer style. And it looks amazing. And, you know, I, I, everyone's like, but could I do that on myself? Like you could, even if you're somebody who's not a makeup wearer at all, but you want to experiment, like buy a blue eyeliner and do a teeny little flick. And for Mm -hmm. you, that'll be something monumental. But for the person who already did funky fun, you know, drawing clouds around their eyes or, you know, interesting stripes and swipes, you know, like that now is the time there's never been more and a better array of color options in clean beauty and in mainstream beauty for sure. What we're going to see quote unquote post COVID, I want to say this with understanding that we don't know when things are going to go back to fully normal. I do think a lot of us are feeling more optimistic lately. How does that translate into how we play with makeup and how, and how trends are going to evolve? What are you seeing? I think well, a couple things. I think that one interesting thing that I've noticed coming out in the past year is a more of an acceptance for blemishes on the face, which mm-hmm. historically, like I grew up with a super acne prone face. I mean, I still have PTSD from it. Okay. While we're talking about acne, there are many, many, many studies linking acne to various psychological effects, including self-esteem issues to depression. But it's also worth noting that some studies even suggest that participants who have had acne, especially severe acne when they're younger, say that having had this skin condition changed their personalities permanently. It is painful, especially to revisit that those old scars and to be reminded of life that you had to endure during that time. And and you're not alone. And I I hear that from folks who have like excessive hair growth. Like what Mm -hmm. can I do? Like I shave every day, but I still have stubble, like women particular uh, people who identify as women. And so I feel like, yeah, there's, there's so much uh, in the realm of like acceptance. And I think social media has been, you know, uh, of course there's the one side of social media where you see everyone totally perfected and like face tuned to that degree. And, and look in just crazy looking and not even human looking after they finish face tuning themselves or photoshopping themselves. But then there's also the flip side of that. And I think social media has allowed for a lot of body positivity across all, all kinds of outliers, like things like blemishes or birthmarks or whatever. And I think that there've been a, a couple of brands who have like made it cool to, you know, don't put foundation and concealer on your skin. Like this makeup line is nothing about perfecting skin. It's only about like the artistry of drawing on your face. And so I, th- I mean, I saw a woman who reminded me of that. My aunt used to do this. My mom tells me when she was a kid, like she would draw a flower. She was a total flower mm-hmm. child. Like draw a little flower around a pimple. Like I got nothing to hide. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, okay, so that's one thing, like just embracing ourselves and not, and realizing like, this is just a a carrier for what we have inside to give. And like, I'm all about the fun of makeup and, and the artistry of it and the, the safety of it. Like I was saying, how it's kind of, kind of be like a mask, but I also love to see the real human in whoever it is that I'm interacting with. And that's whoever they are underneath the makeup. So I think a lot of it is, using makeup um, as an accent, not as 
a mask is a bit of, and I think the metaphor there of like taking off the mask, literally the COVID mm. mask, yeah. um, is is maybe dovetailing a bit with a time of like taking off the the thick crazy makeup that that you felt you needed before. And you know, every everybody wears makeup for a different reason. So many people will still wear makeup and not because they feel they need it, but because they freaking love it. And I'm all for that too. So the other, the, some of the other things that I think we're going to see is a huge rise in lipstick, of course. I, Everyone's I, ready for that again. I know totally. I am. Oh yeah. That's the one thing that I've continued to do on social media is post about lipsticks because I'm not, not ready to say no, you know, goodbye to them. So I think we're going to see a lot of bold and maybe we'll even see some interesting things you know, like around the lips, on the lips, in the same way that maybe historically we wouldn't have thought that we, of nail art in mm-hmm. the sense that we see nail artistry. Who knows? I mean, eye makeup has always been kind of, you know, interesting depending upon the, the decade in different ways, but I don't know, maybe there'll be something with lips and or cheeks that will yeah. come out of this with people like emerging from their cocoons and really showing off these different parts of themselves. Or maybe it'll be noses. Who knows? Maybe there'll be like nose jewelry or something. Yeah. Not just like not just like a nose ring, but you know, like who knows? But I do I think for sure it's gonna be a lot of a lot of color. Sure. I love that. And everything that you just said to me speaks this idea of swinging away from the Instagram aesthetic where everyone was encouraged to look vaguely similar. And, you know, if that's your look, I, I, I never want to disparage anybody, but the quote unquote Instagram aesthetic was a very specific look. And it does seem what you're saying with these trends does seem to be some sort of a, a shift away from that. Yeah. I look forward to it. I think the homogenize- homogenization of aesthetic it, it only it only serves a few and it hurts a lot. And I think if we can just work on just as much as we work on our external appearance, if we can work on that feeling good inside and letting that radiate, I know it sounds like, oh, really, you know, let's all hold hands around the campfire. But there is something to that. And I think as a, as a species, like coming back to that over and over again, especially as we evolve and, and come to higher consciousness together, you know, we love one another, but you have to really love yourself or at least be totally uh, cool with yourself and accepting and, and, and want to feel, want to feel good in your skin or work towards whatever it is that you hate about yourself changing. If you really just can't get to, to that, that point inside, yeah. you know, as my mom used to say, like, get an, it's when you're 16, you'll get a nose job. But by the time I was 16, I was like, yeah, I, I'm okay with it, you know? And, sure. and of course it was a, and you can't see me on, but if anyone's listening, but it was like a roller coaster. I'm doing the whole roller coaster thing with my arm. Like yeah. it's been a roller coaster. Should I get a nose job? Should I get my ear pinned back? Should I, you know? So even those of us who work really hard on loving ourselves and being cool with ourselves and most of the time are, have those, those times. No, I identify with that so hard because I, you know, in my job, I, I really try to encourage people to feel their best in their skin yeah. and yeah. treat their skin and the way that they look as a part of a holistic picture. But man, there are days that I wake up that I do not feel like that. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard to find that balance between understanding that, you know, your body has roles and functions that exist outside of being visually appealing. Mm-hmm. And also 
coming to terms with the fact that like sometimes you don't always love yourself as yeah. hard as that is to say. Totally. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's extremely important to acknowledge that too. And, and that's okay. Just like parents have to acknowledge, have to admit that they don't always feel like this amazing joy and like undiv- you know undivided love for their children because sometimes that is impossible in a moment but we but like coming back to that and of that feeling good and looking within to find where that resonates and and where that self-love and other love can sit you know that famous saying that I'm going to butcher right now but like if you think good thoughts they will come out of your face like oh my god I shouldn't have even tried to say this beautiful saying but you know what you know what I'm talking about I think is it Coco Chanel yeah it's like speak good words or loving words in your lip be beautiful or whatever yeah, exactly. it is. Now I'm butchering it too. <laughs> but it is so just- I want to get into a little bit of service moments for our listeners. How would you recommend somebody building a clean makeup beauty bag? You know, like what are the essentials? What do you encourage people to look for if, you know, they're kind of new to this journey or, you know, they're just looking for advice? Like how, what do you, everyone's different, of course. But what are some staples that you tend to recommend to people? What are some things that you look for in makeup products? Yeah. How do you do it? Okay. So first thing I always encourage people to do is look at what touches the largest surface area of your body and maybe start there. So that would include body lotions, body oils. If, if it's something that, and anything that you're doing on your face, because it's an every, usually an everyday thing. So face lotion, face oil, lip balm in particular, because it's something that you're usually putting on a couple of times a day if you're a lip balm user or lipsticks, because it's fun and a pop of color. And that can always be fun to go search for and see on yourself and review. I also tell people like, because now, I mean, Clean Beauty has the most amazing scent profiles across the board. And I feel like once you once you go clean with its scents, whether that's face mists or little rollerball, you know, middle of the day mood refresher or foot cream, anything, you will not want to go back. Shampoo and conditioner, like I will never forget going to the Allure Best of Beauty Awards. And at the end, they, you know, everyone's so excited because you get to take home a suitcase with all of the products that you've won. But Unfortunately for me, I had already begun my clean beauty journey and was totally disgusted by this point by any synthetic sense. And and so I brought that suitcase home, really excited, like what's going to be in here? And I opened it up and I, at the time, lived in a small apartment in New York and I was like horrified. It was like I opened a stink bomb. I had closed <laughs> it and like pushed it in the hall and called. You get like a headache. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, cannot live with any of this stuff. So, I mean, I think that once somebody tries, and this is how I think I've gotten, you know, my, all my actress clients like me because I come with a bag of the best smelling stuff for them. I massage the, their limbs that are going to show on the red carpet with the most delicious, the ingredients are gorgeous, but the scents are just like to die for. So I think that could be a fun way to get into clean beauty and, and stay with it. Yeah. For makeup, what do you look for? What are some brands? Like what what do you recommend that people have if they are traditional makeup wearers? Okay. So I always start with mascara because for me, mascara has been my number one thing. Okay. So here we talk about this clean mascara that we both love. And I want to take a moment to talk about eye makeup. 
research has shown that out of all of the makeup categories that are important to switch over to clean versions, eye makeup might be the most critical. This is because the eye area has been shown to most readily absorb the chemicals it comes into contact with. One study found that participants who used traditional mascaras had significantly higher levels of endocrine disruptors like parabens and phthalates in their systems. And there's a great mascara on the market from Elia. And mm-hmm. Oh, I my always, favorite. I wrote a whole review a, on yeah. it. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the best one on the market. So It, it is, um, hands down. So, so Elia. Then, I mean, there are so many fun new things. So EXA, EXA foundation line. It's 43 foundation colors strong which is the largest foundation range around. So it's chances are good you're going to find your shade. And they also will mail you little teeny sample packs and that are in paper board. So it's like very eco-friendly and, and isn't like a waste because you can't try out the foundation online, mm-hmm. which I think historically like buying makeup online is usually a crapshoot. And yeah. so, and a lot of people are not near a clean beauty store and can't go in, but you know, now Sephora has a lot of clean beauty too. So there are, you know, there are, and Credo is amazing because if you log on, you can talk to a skilled makeup artist who works for Credo, who will walk you through makeup swaps. So some, and you tell them, okay, I wear Armani Luminous Silk in this color. And they tell you, okay, mm. X, X's foundation is going to be, you know, this, yeah. your color in this. Um, so for somebody who's like, I, I just want to get throw on a tinted moisturizer that has sunscreen in it. There's a beautiful, it depends on your skin tone, of course, but there are, there's a brand called Suntegrity that makes gorgeous ones. There's sheer, no, t- no tint or anything. Serum moisturizer found at sunscreen from Venus Williams that just launched during sure. COVID, which is lovely. There are, I mean, oh my gosh, so many beautiful foundations to choose from, from Vapor to Kyra Weiss. Mm-hmm. I love Vapor. Me too. And I, and for me, like the, the, the two sides of the coin of being clean ingredients and also an eco-friendly packaging are my, my favorite. There's a great line called the La Bouche Rouge out of France. That's doing refillables. Kyra Weiss has been on the market forever. And everybody who's like Kyra Weiss, that sounds familiar. It looks like Kajar Weiss. And it has is a pretty a, little white pods. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. The, no, the, that's Lila B. This is, um, the silver, heavy silver. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I know you know. Yeah, yeah, there. I mean, they're just like there's so many great. Oh, also, there's a, a relatively new brand. Well, to take that back, they're not new, but this part of their line is new. There's a brand called Axiology that's been making lipsticks for years, but they just launched these. I can't remember if it's lid to lip or lip to lid balmies, but mm-hmm. they are the most eco-friendly little mm-hmm. crayons. They're super cute. Um, yeah. of, of bold color that look great on every skin tone. You know, there's so there's a bunch of pops of color to choose from. So you'll find something that looks good on you that you just like swipe on your cheek, swipe on your eye, swipe on your lip. And it's so easy to wear. It's like totally great for the novice. I mean, Aether Beauty makes gorgeous pack paperboard palettes of eyeshadows that are really nice and creamy and blendable. You can use your finger to smudge on. They also make really beautiful blush colors in powder. I mean, there's really fun products from Ritual Defee, Three Sisters who created, yes. yeah, like really cool, mm-hmm. different iridescence, different, really fun pops of color for the cheek, creamy little compacts for the lips. I so have much. friends who are like basically only use 
traditional makeup and like that is one of their favorite makeup mm-hmm. brands and I'm like yep. no come on over to the side there's other brands like mm-hmm. them but mm-hmm. I always use them as my example of like if you're a makeup lover this is your gateway brand for total gateway. Yep. 100% and I feel like now I mean when you look at Elia and Kosas there's another another brand that's at Sephora called LYS Love Yourself founded by a black makeup artist who has years of experience in makeup and created this line really gorgeous formulations great color payoff like there's nowadays it's like there's there are still of course there are some holes in the industry but by and large you're going to find what suits you just out of curiosity, what are the holes that you see that you would like to see growth and like like to see brands invest in? Yeah, this is a great question. One that in the beginning of my career, I used to like very freely give out this answer. And now <laughs> that I now that I've been working on my own thing, I mm. I hold those okay. those holes close. So stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have some thoughts on that. I, I would love to see more eyeliner options. And, although there's some few really good ones that have come what out you recently. Like? Naked Poppy has a really good one. It's a liquid liner. That's that's probably my favorite liquid liner. And then just with the, the one that I use every day is I just use Burt's Bees, the, the gel uh, pen, which it smudges nicely. It comes in a few colors. And then I, you know, I use the Ela mascara and I sometimes I'll kind of like smudge that into it. So it kind of has a nice base there. Love that. You're there we go. Aficionado. <laughs> well, the last question I want to ask you, and you may have a little bit of overlap from the last question is, but what are you using? I mean, you look gorgeous sitting in front of me. So I would love to know your routine and I'm sure uh, our listeners would also love it too. My pleasure. I switch it up all the time so that I can try a million things. But let's see, in my current routine lineup, we have, okay, let's start in the morning. I have long since been a fan of this brand called Jeanette Jeanette Skincare. It's a a local to LA founder and she makes a, a toner called Be Happy. And I swear it is what it says. It does what it says. It's the way that I like to wake up. So I give myself a little misting of that. And, and usually also at the same time, I'll grab one of my H. Gillerman essential oil blends and put a little on my wrists. It's always what I've been, what I've done for myself and clients. So that then as I put on whatever makeup and skincare, I am like filling my uh, olfactory with the most amazing scents. So then, so I always start off with that, a mist and then like I'll grab True Botanicals came out with a Chibula serum, which I really like. I like it as a primer for makeup because it has a, a nice grippy, grippiness to it, but it's basically, it's like one of the highest antioxidant serums that you can use. So Chibula is just inherently a high an- antioxidant botanical. And I, I mean, I've been using such high quality, amazing skincare for the past 15 years that every time I, you know, people are like, did you see a huge change in your skin? I'm like, not really, but my skin still looks wonderful. I'll tell you if something doesn't keep it looking. <laughs> and when I switched to that, I was like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. It's, or, you know, it's, it is or on par with so many of the other things. Okay. So the True Botanicals Chibula, and then, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing facial oils. Usually that's what I'll put on next. So I think one of the ones that I've been loving right now 
let me look through my lineup in my head. Kipris makes a gorgeous thousand, I think it's a thousand roses is what it's called. I love the scent. If you, if you like a light rose, which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't, but, and this is one of those roses that, okay, me too. And this is one of those roses that even if you don't like rose, you'll probably like this. It's delicious. There is another line called Balanced, which is B-L-N-C-D is how they spell it. It's just, it's just those letters, the consonants, and it's a CBD infused. And to be honest, I don't know if CBD infused products, like I've heard such contradictory things. So I don't know if that's, if I'm actually putting this anti-inflammatory thing into my skin by way of the CBD or not, but I love the oil. The blend is beautiful. Um, And it smells really good too. So that, and then I really like the Tata Harper water lock moisturizer. I've been using that a lot. I really like pie. They make a, a lovely line, everything from their bio rosehip oil to they have a, a few different creams. As soon as we get off of this and I go into the ha- bathroom and be like, why didn't I say this? Okay. So, That's me. Every time I get this question, I'm like, I know. my mind goes blank. And then, totally. you know, 20 minutes later, I'll be like, oh, these are all my yeah. favorite brands. <laughs> yep. Totally. Why didn't I make a note? And then makeup. I mean, I'm, it depends if I'm going to be in front of the camera that day, I will put on some makeup. If let's say I'm going to do a, a video and, and apply more makeup later, but just like the base, actually, then I always, because I have a wall of windows in my studio, I put on sunscreen. So I will either use the Venus serum sunscreen, or I will grab the Josh Rosebrook SPF, which is a a moisturizer as well, or one of the Centegrities. If I have used something that doesn't have a little bit of a tint to it, I generally will, like I have a lot of sunspots on my cheeks. I use any one, I'll use Exa or Kyra Weiss, just a little bit on my cheeks to cover up some of that and down the bridge of my nose. I really like the Elia and the Kosas under eye concealers. I haven't looked at the ingredient list of, which I should before talking about it, but I really like these foundation sticks from Merit, which call themselves a clean beauty brand. I should look into it, but they just sent me a package and I was like, this stuff is nice. Their foundation sticks are great. Again, Vapor, if I want an easy thing, foundation stick. I basically have the entire Credo store in my studio. So what do I want to wear today? And then and then I always mist my face after I put on foundation and, and blush just to give myself like even more hydration and glow. And there's a brand called Bleu Alchemy, which I really like, B-L-U-H. And they have a lemongrass scented mist, which I love. Mm-hmm. So that's off, that's been on repeat lately. And then I do my mascara from Elia. Uh, I do, I've started doing my brows, which I was telling you about. I never used to do brows. I fill in my brows. I will either use like, there's a brand called Kimiko. Kimiko. She's in the clean beauty space that I really like. They're her brow products. Le Bouche Rouge, I really like their brow product. They're Brow pencil is great. Alima Pure. So like I've been playing with different brow stuff. And and then Elia, I really like. They have a great highlighter and a great mm-hmm. bronzer. And then if I'm going to be on Zoom, I reach yeah. for my West, Westman Atelier because Westman Atelier makes these highlighters that are like- Yes, to die for. To die for. And I have to say like, sure, I'll probably still wear it in real life, but I'm not much of a glittery kind of pr- like powder on my face person or color on my face with glitter person. But on Zoom, I've never looked better. And every single person that I've recommended it to says the same thing. Like, I'm not sure if I would, you know, how I will look in real life. Although tons of people wear a lot of shimmer in real life, but on Zoom, it's amazing. And you can really load it up and you can't go wrong. So is that a good makeup Zoom hack as you want to lean into highlighter? Lean into highlighter, lean into, if you have a lot of natural face oil, use it to, you know, enjoy, embrace it. And for those of us who are dry as a bone, I add you know, either Walita Skin Food or uh, Nucifera 
do you say it? Nucifera or Nucifera? They make a really nice balm. You know this line? And then like, yeah, there's also, yeah, like Eight Faces makes a nice balm. Oh, Any balms? Eight Faces. Me too. Delicious. Any balms are so good. So just putting them on the high planes of your face, over to your nose, on your cupid's bow. So great. And you can even use a lip balm. Like I was just, I grabbed when at the beginning of this call, I grabbed this Evan Healy wild carrot and nourishing eye balm that I use on my lips. And I will just like swipe it on different places in my face, put it in my eyebrows just to give a little more dimension by way sure. of light, light reflection. Um, yeah. And then at night, I have been a fan of a lot. Well, gosh, there's so many new products out. There's one in particular that I can't remember the name of that I just started using. It's an Ayurvedic line. I'm going to tell you so you can put it in the notes because boy, oh boy, do I love their their face uh, or their oil cleanser. I never used to use an oil cleanser, but this one is amazing. And then I follow it, that same brand, Jeanette Skincare. She makes soaps and she started making them because I traveled so much and I was like, I love your mask. I need to mask with your stuff to help my acne. Can you make it in a soap form so I don't have to carry a liquid mask? And she did. And then she started making other soaps. So then I use one of her other soaps, either the green tea one or her chocolate cacao mask on top of the oil and just take off that oil. But there's so many great face washes these days. So there's this amazing um, new brand on the market that I love not only because the product is great. So it's a vitamin C serum. It has no scent. The texture is delicious. And it comes in these individual little biodegradable and compostable ampules. So do you remember like little ampules? Yeah. Okay. So it's so fun. They're cute. They're pale pink and it comes in. So there's no plastic and there's no plastic in the packaging. So the whole thing is the most eco-friendly because, you know, even products that come in glass have a plastic thing in them for the most part. So wait, I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are wonderful. Reach out to them, please, everyone. Their their founders are incredible. Two women who were like, we want to change the world. They had so much great experience working at other brands and in PR and stuff, and they came together and did this. And no no plastic, great vitamin C. So I've been using that on repeat. I use Josh Rosebrook's um, retinol, and then I just pile on the cream and oil of a variety. And that's my bedtime routine. That's it. All right. Well, I personally got a lot of recommendations through it. So I am sure other people do too. I'm here to help. I so appreciate you coming on here and talking with us today. I, you know, I feel like this is such a interesting and important conversation because, you know, makeup really holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. And our relationship with makeup can be a healthy one if we just nurture it correctly. So it's important to figure out how to do it right. Totally agree with all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it is a pleasure to talk makeup, especially with somebody who's as interested and knowledgeable as you and your listeners. So thank you. Any, anytime I'm here for you. Hey guys, just popping back in here to say thanks for joining us this week at Clean Beauty School. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're looking for more beauty content or just wellness content in general, don't forget to check out our website, mindbodygreen.com our Instagram, Mind Body Green, and of course, our parent podcast, the Mind Body Green podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks again. See you next week.